0: Hey everyone! This is Kim and you're listening to the Strive to Drive podcast. Today's episode features an interview with my friend Sarah. Sarah lives in Montreal and works as a morning show radio producer. After making several attempts to get her license, she developed driving anxiety to the point where she would burst into tears while driving or even just as a passenger. Additionally, having to constantly focus on negative news stories for her job also affected her anxiety. Sarah eventually sought professional help for her driving anxiety, but she's decided to focus on other personal development issues for the time being. Let's hear more from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, so much for uh, coming on the show. So we've known each other since high school, and I'm wondering now, like, where are you at um, with your driving?
1: Well, thanks so much for inviting me to be on the show, Kim. It's uh, it's really special to be speaking to you about this. Uh, where I am right now, um, I have given up for the moment. I felt like I had other fish to fry or other things that I had to take care of for personal development reasons, I guess, um, rather than tackling the driving. The largest reason why I don't drive, and there are, I guess, a few reasons, and part of them is that I have anxiety. And I had gone to see a doctor about it, a friend of mine who now, you know, as a counselor treats patients, I had seen her and said, this is really weighing heavily on me. And there's so many things that come to mind when I think about driving, like, what do you think I should do? And she, so she was really sweet and listened to me and, and said like, you know, you could, you could talk to someone about it. And so I did, I started seeing somebody in Mm -hmm. the spring of uh, 2019 And ostensibly, I was there to say, look, I have so much trouble driving, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what should I do? What are concrete steps I can take? And we definitely discussed that and talked about it. But then sometimes when you go to therapy, when you it's like a ball of yarn, you start pulling on it, and it just unravels and other things come out. And so I've been dealing with other things and looking at patterns in my life and the way I think about things. And I don't know if I would be given a diagnosis of generalized anxiety necessarily. Like I am not on medication or anything like that. But there's it, it wasn't clear to me how much anxiety I've lived with, like on a daily basis, like up and down, like since I was a teenager. So that's kind of funny that I wanted to tackle it in this way by seeing someone professionally and then just thought, oh, there's other stuff that I should really work on first. And I just haven't found the motivation to go back to it. Mm-hmm. We
0: spoke about this a bit before this interview and you had recommended um these two books to me and one was like more specifically about driving anxiety and I did like have a peek inside of it like on Amazon and I like I did read a few pages and I remember it saying that usually like if you have driving anxiety like you tend to have other stuff going on in your life that's also stressing you.
1: Yep, that's the situation for me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I think it got to a point where, um, you know, I, I'm i someone who's always been in cars my whole life. My parents have always driven. And we when we would go anywhere as kids, like we would be doing road trips. Uh, we've been to New Brunswick, PEI, Nova Scotia, my mother's family is from Winnipeg, and we would they would pile us into the car, my brother and I, for three days straight, drive to Winnipeg, have a week and a half vacation, and then we would drive all the way back. So I also played hockey, uh, playing girls hockey meant having to drive as far as Saint-Jérôme, bois Contrecoeur, Sorel, saint Lambert, like anywhere but on island in Montreal. So out into, you know, an hour's drive just to play hockey, get suited up, and then another hour's drive back home. So I was always very comfortable being in the car. This was not something that was ever an issue. And so it's almost disappointing for me that I, I, I spent my, my part of my childhood on the road. And uh, I think that when it came to actually learning to drive, it was not something that was like I wanted to do at the age of 16 or 17 or 18. No one pushed me to do it. It was just like, oh, I guess I'll do it because other people are doing it. And I, I'm someone who's like academically, things have come easy, easily to me. I was uh, I did a lot of extracurriculars that involved a certain amount of either being in front of people or involved teamwork. Like I played hockey, I did piano, I was in youth leadership groups, and I did a ton of different things that wouldn't necessarily suggest that like I would like have any issues driving. But both of my parents drive standard, and as you've probably encountered, it's a bit of a different ballgame compared to driving automatic. And so when it came to taking lessons, I did go with a school. When I said, look, I can't practice on an automatic. I will be practicing on a standard. The way the teacher set it up for me was like, I must have been 18 or 19 at this point. You will just take lessons with me on an automatic, you will pass your test, and then we will teach you to drive standard. Now, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, like that you can take a student and they will only get their eight hours or whatever with the teacher and then successfully be able to pass a test. But I guess I just assumed that would be fine. And when I failed, I was really hard. It was really hard for me. Like it sounds so silly, because it's one little roadblock in otherwise very fine life and childhood. But just something clicked where I was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm too stressed out. And this wasn't a pleasant experience for me. And I was angry at my instructor for putting me in this position. I went to Laval, I was off island in an area I didn't know, and like ran a stop sign in a parking lot and automatically failed. And I was like, this is so strange to me. I also failed my learner's permit, the test itself, which was also felt like a huge blow. So again, like, in the grand scheme of things, these are not huge setbacks in life, but there was something that like really like kind of snapped, I think. And everyone, my parents, like my instructor, I guess, friends would have just like assumed this would have been something that I like would be easy to pass, but I just couldn't do it. And when I did have to practice with my parents on a standard, which is like just, again, I just said it a whole different ballgame. I would get really stressed out if someone honked um, their horn behind me. And if I would stall, I was like, this is unbearable. Um, Once I practiced um, in a parking lot with my mom, you know, going from first to second to third, nothing too crazy. And someone else drove intentionally like really close to our car, like to freak me out. And it was like middle of the day on a weekend. There was very few people there. And I was like, why would I even want to be a driver if like everyone on the road is a dick? So <laughs> <laughs> I I took another round of driving lessons. I even took theory lessons, which I now are mandatory for any new drivers. I'm grandfathered in. I technically don't have to do the theory in order to take a test, but I actually unknowingly did a whole bunch of really lame theory classes and thought to myself well this will be really good to motivate me this was in university Mm -hmm. and then a couple years later and I was like this will really help me like grasp the rules of the road I went for another test and failing that burst into tears like being told you didn't pass so at that point I was like this is not normal Mm -hmm. my father had come with me that day and it was in 2013 April and he was just looking at me like wow like this is, like, an issue. <laughs> like, he was, like, I'm going to help you do this. But then he didn't really help me so much. And I was, like, why Why would my, like, body and, like, mind have this cuckoo bananas reaction to failure? Mm-hmm. I just, like, couldn't understand it. And the last time I attempted to do it again was um, a friend's mother is a stunt driver and teaches people to drive. She'll take on um, friends of friends or people she knows and like will give people refresher courses or extra driving classes. And I went with my boyfriend who just got his license and it was a uh, fall 2018, I guess. And she was trying to do some theory and she put two race cars, little toy cars on the table. She said, okay, well, if, if this goes like this and this happens and then one car, she swerved it to hit the other t- car. And it went flying off the coffee table, and I just was like, "I think I'm about to lose it." Like, I, she she gets up to get tea or another pen or something, and I look at my boyfriend, and I was like, "I don't, I don't feel so great." And we got into the car. He was practicing driving. I had never driven with him before, but he's in the driver's seat. She's next to him. I'm in the back, and I couldn't stop crying. Like mm. so. I've got issues. <laughs> do you think it's
0: yeah? Do you think it's more related to like failure, or it's like being in a car is like can be like a life or death situation?
1: So I think I think initially it was failure. It was like, why did why isn't this coming more easily to me? Like, so many of my friends had already gotten their license at that point. My younger brother was working on his license, you know, uh, around the same time that I was. And part of it was just like, oh, this isn't easy. But I I was like, I came back to it hoping to be able to, to get it this time or this time I'm going to get a handle on it. But my mm-hmm. nerves just haven't been up to it. And so when I try to understand things or like have trouble with things, I tried to read up on it. I tried to read more or ask questions or t- dialogue, talk about it, think about it. And so this is why I started like reading more and – I had You referenced the two books that I had shown you, and one of the writers that I was looking into put it as this, that driving anxiety is two different ways of approaching it. One is you don't have any confidence in your own abilities, and there's a fear that you won't do it properly. And the other is fear is external, which is that you don't trust other people on the road. And I feel I don't trust myself, and I don't trust other people on the road either. Yeah, I think I have a bit of both of those also.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very natural, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think. Do you know if they said anything about relapsing? Like, is it common for people to get over their their anxiety, but then something will happen and then they'll kind of be back to square that's one? That's a good
1: question. I can't remember any of those examples clearly. I suppose that's always possible. But there were a lot of really great examples of people who did get past it in the first place to show that it is possible. Mm-hmm.
0: And like what what do they say like to do? Like what can be done to to help you get over this?
1: Well, in some of the exploring I've done for understanding getting around phobias and other fears is exposure therapy. So something that you can do for driving if you have a fear like In my case, like I wasn't able to control my like physical reactions to being in cars or to driving, like to be in tears or to feel like very uncomfortable. One of the steps that you could do is to sit in a car and slowly increase that amount. So I have sat in my parents' driveway in their cars and just tried to do other things or to sit and look at the steering wheel, for example and just try to feel comfortable sitting in the driver's seat. And so you could increase that at each visit, you know, try five minutes then 10 minutes then 15 minutes, because some people have this issue. It's so severe that like they can't, they don't want to be even be in the car or be in the driver's seat. And that's one way you can do it. And then I guess you would work up to, and, and, you know, if your psychologist or your psychiatrist is able and willing to do it, you could go driving with them and they would be next to you as you progress testing your abilities little by little so
0: you said you're gonna like you need to concentrate first on like deeper issues and so do you think once you've made progress with those like do you think you'll want to try driving again
1: yeah so by working on different issues like it for me it's it's just understanding my anxiety better and like trying mm. to figure out ways to live with it and to not let it rule my life a very i'm very capable of doing things i don't consider myself someone who requires medication at this point or um is like unable to do things except for driving but uh yeah i i would like to come back to it i'll let you in on something kim i sometimes have this like fantasy that i will have a really good teacher someday i'll find a teacher who will be amazing better than any of the three to four other teachers I've had who will help me work through these issues. And like, I'll do my exposure therapy and get to the point where I find a way that it makes sense for me. And I'll mm-hmm. one day walk away with my driver's license, but I will do it without telling anybody close to me. This is my fantasy is that like, it'd be so great if I could just show up one day and be like, I got it. And like, I didn't need anyone else's help. Like any, like besides the driving instructor obviously um that is like the ultimate fantasy because it's become almost like a joke to my loved ones even my close colleagues um I've had people at work and casual acquaintances tell me like what is wrong with you just get your damn license like it's not a big deal like other people can get it and I'm like oh thank you that's really wow now that you've put it that way like it makes sense yeah like for sure I can go (laughs) and get it no problem but yeah like the point that I kept coming back to in one of my books was that one of the things you can do uh, besides like exposure therapy is to frame it in terms of like what are you going to get out of this and so people who had successfully dealt with their driving anxiety told themselves I'll be able to take my kids to soccer practice or I'll be able to take that trip I've always wanted to take I don't have to rely on someone else in case there's an emergency and so that's obviously that would be lovely these all those things sound amazing and I think that having that motivation I think is a good tool as well to um, keep your eye on the prize
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and like how do you how do you feel right now like with the pandemic do you feel like having a car would help you like for getting
1: out of the city. Yeah. I, now that I'm actually on vacation this week, I had that thought where I was like, you know, if you just had your license, you could go for the drive in the country on your own or go to a chalet and um, do, do it safely and responsibly, obviously. And I do feel limited. And uh, it for sure would be so much more amazing to drive to my parents' house than take the bus, for example. But Right now I, I live in the plateau where there is really very little in terms of parking. So even if I, in my current situation, I, if I had a car, I don't know where I would put it. Um, it would be a great advantage for work. I'm a radio producer who works really early in the morning and either I, when the weather is bad, I have to take a cab or I have to take the bus. The bus can be unreliable taxis. Right now, during the pandemic, there's not a lot of them operating as much as they used to at those early hours. Um, And in the summertime, I bike in. Uh, But, you know, it's not really an entirely ideal situation, especially for um, early morning hours for radio. Everybody Mm -hmm. else drives (laughs) to get into work, pretty (laughs) much. Um, And if I wanted to be a reporter or do other kinds of work, uh, you do need to have that license. So, yeah, there's like a good motivation
0: to get your license. absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned you bike to work. So why do you think you don't have anxiety on a bike versus in a car?
1: Oh, so I actually have a lot of anxiety about biking. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> one of the, the things that made me realize that like I was having more struggles than the average person when it came to driving is that like, I have unwanted thoughts. And so even crossing the street, like I consider myself a pedestrian more than a cyclist or a driver, first and foremost, a pedestrian. And so I could be crossing the sidewalk, my right of way. And if a car doesn't slow down or come to a stop quickly enough, I would have the unbidden, the unwanted thought of being hit by a car. That's not normal (laughs) like other I'm not saying other people can't have those thoughts but like I have those thoughts walking I have those thoughts being a passenger in a car and I have those thoughts as a cyclist either accidents happening or someone not breaking or not slowing down biking Mm -hmm. for me is only possible because there are bike paths um Mm -hmm. I'm extremely prudent I like look A lot before I make choice before I choose to cross I won't take busy areas and to be honest when you're biking at 4 4 30 in the morning there's not a lot of people around so it's actually quite a peaceful fun experience but I I use Bixie which is a rent renting bike service and I use it to get from point A to point B I don't use it for fun because biking next to cars or other cyclists is not fun (laughs) for me either (laughs) so it's almost Mm. like it's a thing about transportation in general (laughs) yeah it goes it goes pretty deep when do you remember like first having those thoughts I don't know if it necessarily happened before I started learning I recognize now that as a kid I like had like I had a form of anxiety and I don't know maybe it was just something about getting older and and also working in news media and hearing a, all about a lot of car accidents and a lot of pedestrians you know getting hit or cyclists being hit and part of my job is to know when bad things happen bad things always happen I mean they're rare it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be in an accident but I think I've talked about this with my doctor and it's just Mm -hmm. when it becomes your job to know about when dangerous things happen, it becomes, it just stuck in your mind, I guess. Yeah. It's hard to not Mm -hmm. think about the bad things, even though everybody functions and can drive and get around mostly without incident. Right. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. But in general, like I'm someone who has trouble with loud sounds or sudden things, like I, I worry that as a driver, I wouldn't be able to handle a car honking or like screeching tires. Like I'm always on alert and I wonder if that would be very helpful, <laughs> you know, as a, as a driver on the road. Yeah, that's why it's good to start
0: out in suburban areas yes. where there's not too many yeah, people.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I, my parents tell me like, you know, we can drive, like, why would you have trouble driving? And I have to say, well, one of you learned to drive in the country where, I mean, like accidents happen, of course, but like, I feel like that was a bit easier. And uh, my other parent learned to drive in a city that wasn't Montreal. And I'm like, I think it was easier for you guys (laughs) than it was to learn here. I don't think we have the most patient drivers in the world. And uh, yeah,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you want to know what my current goal is? I really want to go go go-karting. I think this would be like, this is my thing. I have to go go go-karting. I have to get behind a very small, non-dangerous vehicle and pay for the experience. I think this would be like, I'm not even kidding. I think this is the the step I need to take to start (laughs) feeling comfortable again.
0: Or even just like, you know, those arcade video
1: game driving things. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That's a great suggestion. Thank you. <laughs> I gotta go find an arcade that's open. <laughs> Our way to the pandemic yeah. is up. <laughs>
0: yeah, actually, do you think you would take lessons again, or would you just try to learn from? Oh my gosh. someone you know.
1: I I don't know. Even one instructor I like. Looking back on it, I'm just like, how was any of this helpful? I've resented mm. the people who gave me my driving test too. I don't know what it is. I just I like I'm have a problem with authority when someone's like next to me and has their own brake, I guess and I was never really able to 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 drive a lot with my parents uh helping me out because of the they have standard cars um I, I I drove a bit with my mom in a parking lot um that was the incident where somebody was driving really close to me when it was like obvious that I was like learning you know um and then another time with mm-hmm. my dad right out of the gate I confused the brake and the accelerator and I nearly hit a Lincoln mm-hmm. and I pulled over and I just like hopped out of the car it was at the end of our street and I was just like okay I'm done and I walked away and I was like I can't I can't <laughs> I can't do this That that's actually um confusing the brake and the accelerator is actually known as something that's causes a lot of driving anxiety for people it's like a simple slip up that makes people doubt their abilities and uh, it it can be unfortunately we actually had this happen it was a fatal accident a couple of weeks ago um, two students uh, from India 19 and 22 and one of them uh, bought a used car uh, went to temple to uh, seek I believe and he gave thanks this new car and then they went out for a ride and they were near the i guess the canal and what they think happened is the accelerator and the brake got mixed up and the car went in the water it's two young lives lost and they were from india they weren't even they were they you know left their families to come to another country to do something new and uh this is what I'm saying. When you hear these stories, it's hard to forget them. When you fixate on the negative, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the everyday that is normal and fine, you kind of fi- yeah, you mm-hmm. fixate on the blips and the tragedies instead of the uh, the everyday. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. It's really sad. But but as a pedestrian, you look at people driving, and they'll be at a red light, and they're looking at their phones, or they're putting on lipstick. You know, when you see people doing that when they're driving or at a red light, it makes you think, like, how is any of this safe? Or people mm-hmm. who can't even be bothered to, like, leave the pedestrian walk zone, n- not, you know, have the car going over the line and let and people have to walk around cars. Pedestrians have to walk around cars. I'm like, this is it's not a respectful. It feels like we're just like in a place where drivers aren't careful enough, you know? Mm hmm. Even as a passenger, I feel like I have to be vigilant, um, even <laughs> even though I'm not the one driving. So, like, first I thought that, you know, if I was a passenger and I was paying attention to the road, it would be more helpful to me when I would go back to learning to drive because I would be paying more attention to things. But now, even being a passenger is a bit nerve wracking because I. I look a lot at what other drivers are doing, or I'm looking for turn signals, or a car that's going to pop out of an alley, or pop out of an alley, or or someone trying to move out of a parking spot, and I'll say things like, "There's a child crossing the street," or "That kid is going to cycle through the intersection," or this, "This person's trying to turn." And I had a boyfriend once who was just like back off like I'm driving like I like it's okay like I've got a hold on this you don't need to like give me running commentary Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so do you feel like you know the rules of the road pretty well because I feel like I forget the rules and I don't understand like all the road signs you know
1: yeah for sure there is so much to take in and if it's not part of your day-to-day, like, as a pedestrian, as a cyclist, like, I just need to know when it's green. And there was something about the lights that I hadn't understood up until super recently that I didn't even realize was a thing. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. (laughs) So so much for all those theory classes I took. And that's another, I think that's another thing that's intimidating about driving is that, uh, especially in this city of Montreal, where you one parking sign can have like 10 different directions on it. And uh, yeah, it's just definitely another factor or mm-hmm. another factor into making it uh, a nerve wracking experience. Yeah. And on top of that, we have to deal with snow. Exactly. <laughs> Inclement weather is definitely a challenge, an added layer of challenge. I have so much admiration for people who can drive confidently through snow and hail and freezing rain and regular rain Mm -hmm. night (laughs) driving too is incredibly intimidating I don't even know if I my eyesight is like up to it yeah I know I know some people um
0: they'll only drive during the day so and so you can
1: be a totally Mm -hmm. competent, confident driver but you can still have your limits right which you know it may be that you don't drive at night or you won't drive in bad weather so it's interesting to know that not everybody is totally gung-ho at all times but some people might have little rules that they've made for themselves like not driving on the highway or you know researching routes ahead of time to take the one that has the fewer fewer lights for example that's something I forget Mm -hmm. about and I need to remind myself is that uh, everyone may seem like a confident driver but everyone has something that might throw them
0: yeah is there any advice that you would give to someone
1: who is going through something similar to you? That's a good question. Nobody has ever asked me for advice on dealing with driving anxiety because people only just look at me and say (laughs) that I should have it by now. Well, one thing is that some people just never do learn to drive and can have success in their lives without it. And, you know, it, it is a bit of something that can make things a bit more difficult. But just if it's really not for you, and I don't know if I'm going to end up being in that camp, but there are people that have been into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and haven't done it. So it may not just be for everyone as, as much as it presents a lot of advantages. You know, and I think we're all understanding that, like, at some point in your life, you may have to talk to someone about, unwanted thoughts or anxieties or stresses that may become too much for one person to handle no amount of meditating or yoga or warm teas, you know, helping you handle this one distressing thought or something that you can't get around or a a relationship issue or a a problem at work or, you know, whatever. And that's just that if you feel like you need to talk to somebody to find, you know, either a helpline or a referral to someone, who can listen to you, that's their job, is to help you, is to listen and to help you present solutions. And that was what I did. And uh, I may not have a license right now, but I feel like it was one of the best things I could have done for myself in general, is to have, it's like an investment in yourself. If you have anxiety or stress, to have a safe space where you can talk about it and think about it. And learn to understand that it's probably maybe a part of yourself and constructive things that you can do to lessen lessen the load
0: yeah that's really great advice i think i'm gonna ask the last question now so what would be your dream road trip the first answer you have to give is your dream road trip in canada and then you have to say what would be your dream road trip
1: if you could go anywhere in the world So I would love to take a road trip. That would actually be a huge motivating factor for me because I grew up on road trips. And uh, I was doing some research this summer and uh, you could fly to La de la Madeleine, the Magdalene Islands, but you could also drive there. And it is a long drive. And currently with pandemic restrictions, you kind of have to do it in one shot, which is um, not feasible for me. Um, (laughs) But um, I thought it would be really lovely to drive to La de la Madeleine, maybe check out other maritime provinces while there. Um, And I would like to go. Because I've driven it with my family as far as Winnipeg, it would be very fun to go all the way out west. In the rest mm. of the world, it's so hard for me to even think about it because I, I, I can't see myself feeling confident driving here. How could I feel confident driving anywhere else? But uh, traveling and having a license presents huge advantages, right? Because you know you have your own time and you can do. You can get on a motorbike and go to amazing places. I want to go traveling so badly. So this is like such a difficult question to answer. What about in New Zealand? Like you went Yes, season, actually, right? there is bus service between all the cities. But I did have that thought while I was in New Zealand. It would be really nice to have a car because then you could get off the beaten path a little bit and take your time. New Zealand is a small country, two islands. And I think it would be a really lovely trip to, to do it by car as opposed to by bus. Seems like a pretty chill um, place to drive. Rolling hills and like two lanes of traffic. Like sign me up. I'll say New Zealand. Yeah, I think I would want to <laughs> do that also. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yeah, well, thank you,
0: Sarah, again. This was really great.
1: Uh, I hope next time, Kim, I'll have some positive news to report about my driving, (laughs) the state of my driving. (laughs) Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so grateful that I was able to learn more about
0: Sarah's story. Even though Sarah isn't currently focused on dealing directly with her driving anxiety, I think it's really admirable that she was able to reach out for professional help. If you really enjoyed the show, please subscribe and give it a review if possible. I hope you'll join me for more episodes of the Strive to Drive podcast in 2021. Thanks so much again for listening, happy holidays, and best wishes for the new year.